Today, we have an overview of the Islanders' forwards and what issues they had over the course of the season, who did very well, who disappointed. Plus, the Bridgeport Islanders come up big, and you won't believe who scored the game-winning goal. All that and more coming up on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Sart tees it up and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net and he scores! Hi and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the Thursday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. So glad you could join us today and be part of the Locked On Islanders family. And thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, and yes, that does include YouTube, so subscribe now, and uh, don't miss an episode. They come out every Monday through Friday. Lots to talk about on today's show, but first, if you've got something Islanders-related on your mind, if you have a question, a comment, a topic you'd like us to discuss on the show, feel free to email us at LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the show when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You can also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles. And you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. And we'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings throughout the offseason. The draft lottery now less than a week away. We'll talk about the draft free agency, trade rumors, and anything related to your New York Islanders. Yesterday on the show, we did talk about the defensemen and how, you know, it was a little bit of a disappointing season uh, and some of the things that were missing from that unit and some of the players that did better than expected. Today, we turn our attention to a general overview of the forwards. And... You know, overall, when you look at the statistics, again, the Islanders 22nd in the league in goals scored, still in the lower half, really the lower third, roughly, of the league in that department. And again, based on the Barry Trot system, you don't expect the Islanders to be a top five or top 10 goal scoring team, but you would hope they'd be closer to the mid-teens, 15, 16, 17 something in that range, rather than 22nd in the league in that department. And when you look at the roster, only two players on this team scored more than 20 goals this year. Brock Nelson, who had a career-high 37. Anders Lee, who finished the season with 28 in 76 games, was more or less on pace if he played the last six games of the season 
he had a pretty good shot at getting to 30, but obviously 28 in 76 games is now etched in stone. But then you go down the list of players, and the problem is a number of players were disappointing overall, and a number of players all slumped at the same time. And I think when you combine those two factors with the COVID uh, wave that hit the team early, it really created uh, problems that this team wasn't able to overcome. So we mentioned Lee and Nelson. They certainly lived up to expectations offensively. Matthew Barzal, I think, was a bit of a disappointment. Only getting 15 goals on the year. Uh, The 44 assists is not far off from where you'd expect him to be, but you'd want him closer to 20 goals and 50 assists, really. 59 points in 73 games. Not what you want from your most dynamic offensive weapon. And the thing is, with a playmaker like Barzal, a guy who's not a... uh, shoot first kind of guy, but a guy who's going to help his teammates get good quality scoring opportunities. The fact that he doesn't have a bona fide sniper on his line really creates part of the problem for his numbers. Then you have the guys who just started off way too slow. Josh Bailey finished with 44 points in 74 games for a guy who really is a third liner at this point, more or less. That's not a terrible final line. Again, Bailey more of a passer than a shooter. And, you know, the 14 goals is about right. You would like a little bit more in the assist column. But October, November, December, Bailey was pretty bad. He stabilized and played better in the second half. Same with J.G. Pajot. Third line center, 18 goals, not terrible. You know, you you wanted him to get to 20, but 18 goals in 77 games for your third line center isn't bad. But again, slow start, better finish. Anthony Bevilier, still frustrating. And, you know, finishes the season with uh, 12 goals, 34 points in 75 games. Not what you expected from Bo. Didn't take that step forward. Uh, Still has that great speed, but doesn't really uh, use it consistently to his benefit. And, you know, the problem I have with Bevilier, um, yeah, the numbers are low, but at the same time, Bo disappears. There'll be three or four games in a row usually, where Bavillier is noticeable and playing well and contributing. And then he'll go five, six, seven games where you're like, did Anthony Bavillier play in this game? Or is he, you know, is he still in the lineup? Is he taking his regular shifts? You don't even notice that he's there. And that's not a good sign. At this stage in his career, you would hope, would have hoped that Bo would have taken another step forward. Kyle Palmieri, another guy who really started off so poorly this season. One goal in his first 29 games, finishes with 15 goals and 33 points in 69 contests. That's not going to get it done. 
Palmieri was re-signed to replace Jordan Eberle. Eberle was your first-line winger. 15 goals, 33 points in 69 games is not it. Now, he's finished strong, but, you know, again, October, November, December, Kyle Palmieri was a non-factor. Oliver Wallstrom was kind of the opposite. Started off pretty hot, cooled down, spent a lot of time in uh, Barry Trotz's doghouse. Trotz is tough on him, but I think it's tough love uh, trying to get Wallstrom motivated and to learn what to do without the puck. Part of the problem with Wallstrom was a lack of ice time, especially later on in the season. But again, you know, early in the season, he was one of the more dynamic offensive players on the team, ends up finishing with just 13 goals and 24 points. Kiefer Bellows finished stronger than where he started, six goals, 19 points in 45 games. And then you come to that fourth line. Sezekis, Martin, Clutterbuck, and then I'll throw in Ross Johnston. Ross Johnston had an opportunity when Cal Clutterbuck was injured late in the season. You know, Ross Johnston does some of the things he does very well. He's physical. He'll drop the gloves. He'll hit. But did he take a step forward in his game this year consistently? No. Did he establish himself as a guy who's ready for every game-in, game-out kind of a play on the fourth line? No. Is he capable yet of being more than a fourth-line player? Not yet. Hasn't proven that. So a little disappointment there. And then Sezekis, Martin, and Clutterbuck, all of them, really. Especially Martin, who was dealing with an injury early in the season and had trouble getting going. Uh, Sezekis, who was just inconsistent and took a lot of foolish penalties this year uh, at different times. They really kind of struggled, looked a step slower this year, didn't have the usual cohesion and jump that made them the best fourth line in the league, and Clutterbuck missed the end of the season with injury. So overall, the inconsistent play of the forwards was a major factor in this team's lack of success, and we'll break them all down player by player over the course of the coming weeks. When we return, more to discuss. Bridgeport with a a big win, and you won't guess who got the game-winning goal. That and more still to come on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens. I tell you, this product is something that I literally use all the time And I'll tell you, I wanted to take this because I don't like taking pills. And I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great. Well, I've been using it for about seven weeks now, and I love it. It doesn't taste like it's super healthy. It has kind of a mild, tropical taste that I actually look forward to every morning. But what is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adoptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, focus, recovering, and aging. All of these things. And it's lifestyle-friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. And look, it costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health 
and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Just one scoop and a cup of water every day, that's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. Nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. So, Bridgeport. The Bridgeport Islanders. Hosting the Providence Bruins game two of their best of three playoff series. And just like game one, this one went to overtime. And the Bridgeport Islanders defeated the Providence Bruins by an identical 2-1 to one score in overtime. This was a goaltending duel. Through 40 minutes, through two periods, the Islanders hadn't let in a goal. And Corey Schneider, who again uh, played in net, made 19 saves. And it was scoreless hockey as both goaltenders were battling uh, Troy Gros- Grosinick was playing well for Bridgeport, uh, I mean for Providence, and Providence was out shooting Bridgeport 19-15 to through 40 minutes. But in the third period, the Bridgeport Islanders controlled play, outshot Providence 14-6, to and took a 1-0 lead just three and a half minutes in on a goal by Michael Dalcol, his first of the playoffs. Chris Terry, the veteran who we spoke about, and Austin Zarnick got the assist. It was a power play goal. And it looked like Bridgeport was on their way. But Nick Wolf scored for Providence. And even the score with six minutes and uh, and 36 seconds left in regulation. So we go to overtime. So who do you think comes through in OT? 12 minutes. 53 seconds into overtime. Aturate. His first career goal in North America as a pro. Kyle McLean and Austin Zarnick with the assist. So Zarnick with two helpers. And Bridgeport wins the series two games to none. And advances to the next round of the playoffs. So, fantastic news there. Bridgeport will now take on the Charlotte Checkers, who were in first place in the Atlantic Division, but a big W for Bridgeport. They advance to the second round of the playoffs, and look, let's face it, that means more experience for some of these younger players And that is what we want to see. We want to see this team, you know, and some of these younger guys get the experience they need. So who's out there? Grant Hutton is out there. Otto Koivula, 
Simon Holmstrom, Atu Ratte, Robin Salo out there. He did not figure in the scoring, but did have four shots on goal. All of this is helping Brent Thompson's team and 5,478 fans in Bridgeport go home happy. So we will discuss uh, more about the Bridgeport Islanders and their schedule as soon as we know the schedule for round two. But uh, a big win and, again, more playoff experience coming for the Bridgeport Islanders. For Atu Rate, the goal, he had two penalty minutes, four shots on goal, and he was a plus one in this game. So overall, just great to see him quickly acclimating to the North American game. I mean, four shots on goal in what is essentially, what, his third or fourth, his fourth game uh, and his second ever playoff game in North America. Look, there are adjustments. The, the rink is narrower. The shooting angles are different. The game is more physical. Seeing Rate play well and come through with the game-winning overtime goal is something that has to make Islanders fans happy. Uh, he's probably still a year away from being on the Islanders' NHL roster, but just the very fact that he's getting this experience probably speeds up the process of him adjusting to the North American game and getting used to playing with some of the players he'll probably be playing with when he does become an Islander, getting acclimated to the system that both the New York Islanders and Bridgeport Islanders use. It's all a plus for these young players to be out on the ice and in the intensity of playoff hockey. So good news there for the Islanders and congratulations to the Bridgeport Isles for their big win. When we return, we have our Islanders' birthday of the day, a defense, a defensive center who was a member of the Islanders in the mid to late 80s. Let's see if you can guess who that is. Plus some more thoughts about this Islanders team and the performance of their forwards this year. All that and more still to come on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews and news, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball, and this weekend's Run to the Roses as the Kentucky Derby is back. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, including the Stanley Cup, eSports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day. We want to wish a, a very happy 57th birthday to former Islanders center Bob Basson. Basson, a native of Calgary, Alberta, was not drafted, but made his NHL debut with the Islanders in 1985-86 after spending most of that season with their affiliate in the AHL, then was uh, in Springfield, and then played two full seasons with the Islanders in 86-87, 87-88, 
and then was traded midway through the 88-89 season to the Chicago Blackhawks, later played for the Blues, the Quebec Nordique, the Dallas Stars, and the Calgary Flames before finishing his NHL career with the Blues in 1999-2000. So he had two stints in St. Louis. Later went into coaching and coached the AHL's Utah Grizzlies for three years in the early 2000s. In 765 career NHL games, Fasten had 88 goals, 232 points, and 1,004 penalty minutes. Had a couple of seasons with more than 150 penalty minutes with St. Louis. In his two full seasons with the Islanders, 7 goals, 17 points, 89 penalty minutes. 6 goals, 22 points, 99 penalty minutes. He added 93 playoff games, 9 goals, 24 points. And yes, he played in three postseasons with the Islanders, 86, 87, and 88. We'll go back and look at one of Bob Basson's better games with the Isles. And he was really more of a defense-first, two-way kind of a forward. October 20th, 1987, at the Coliseum, the Calgary Flames in town. Mike Vernon, the goalie for the Flames, Billy Smith for the Islanders, and in the first period, the Islanders get on the board first, Brent Sutter. His third from Brad Lauer at 543, Isles up 1-0. Then the Islanders' power play goes to work. Al McGinnis of Calgary off for hooking. Brian Trottier is third from Dennis Potvin and Tomas Janssen at 1039. That gave the Isles a 2-0 lead. But then with Brad Dalgarno off for holding, Brian Glynn scores a power play goal for Calgary. Paul Reinhardt and Joey Mullen with the assist. 2-1 Islanders after one period. In the second, Trottier makes it 3-1 Isles. Just two minutes and 15 seconds into the period. It was his fourth of the year. Derek King with the assist. And then... A goal by one of the greatest names in hockey history, Hakan Lube, uh, pulled Calgary to within 3-2, to two. Lube's second from Neil Sheehy, and that's where we stood after 40 minutes, Isles 3, Flames 2. Calgary tied it early in the third on the power play, Derek King off for holding, Joey Mullen is third from Brett Hull, and Paul Reinhardt at 157, 3-3 hockey game, but then Trottier, his fifth. And his third of the game, Alan Kerr, the assist at 12:41. Then our Islanders' birthday of the day, Bob Basson tallies his second from Steve Conroy and Brad Delgarno. In the closing minute, Al McGinnis his fourth from Joe Newendike and Mike Bullard. That made it five to four, and that was the final. The Islanders get the win. And for Bob Basson, our Islanders' birthday of the day, he had a goal. It was the game-winning goal. And had two shots on goal. He was a plus one. 21 saves by Billy Smith in this one. As the Islanders had 29 shots on goal. 25 for the Calgary Flames. So again, want to wish a very happy uh, 57th birthday. The actual birthday will be on, uh, on Saturday. But Bob Basson... Uh, we want to wish him, oh, excuse me, on Friday, we want to wish Basson a very happy 57th birthday one day in advance. Again, thinking about the Islanders forwards, consistency, a big issue, and no matter how you slice it, 
this team needs to add some more dangerous goal scorers, some more shoot-first guys, some more players who are dangerous with the puck, who opposing teams have to account for, and who will allow players like certainly Josh Bailey, certainly uh, Matthew Barzal, Anthony Bevilier, to maximize what they do so well. I mean, you get a player like Barzal who can turn on a dime and fake out a player or two players and set up somebody for a great scoring chance, but if that player isn't going to shoot or isn't a very good offensive player, the result is either a turnover or a shot that goes wide or that is saved, and too often the puck just doesn't go in the net. So if you you have quality setup guys on your roster, you need to maximize their ability. If you don't right now, you know, Matthew Barzal is entering his prime. You want to take advantage of it before he starts to get older. You got to bring in one, probably two goal scorers uh, in order to maximize that talent. And hopefully it's something the Islanders will be able to do. Want to thank you once again for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On NHL from first round matchups to each Stanley Cup kiss. Locked On NHL covers the playoffs like no other. Hear the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. And just a shameless plug, I host the Monday edition of the show and I co-host the Friday edition. So definitely please check out all of the uh, Locked On NHL podcast episodes, good stuff, and we'll get you through the playoffs like nobody else can. That does it for this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. We will be back tomorrow to wrap up the week. We'll have more information, hopefully, about Bridgeport's schedule, and we'll talk about the goaltending a little bit as an overview. Next week, we will begin our player-by-player analysis of this team. We'll talk about uh, the season that was, the, the uh, role that this player has in the future, if any, and a lot more. So make sure you stay with us. We'll keep you busy all off-season long with the latest news about your New York Islanders. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. And of course, let's go Islanders. <laughs>